the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, broadcasting from the 960 The Patriot Studios in beautiful Arizona, your car insiders. Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? On the road again. Good morning and welcome to Your Car Insider on 960 The Patriot. My name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show and I want to thank everybody for listening this morning. I'm sure you're aware that if you don't catch the show in the morning, you can catch these shows on a podcast. You can find those podcasts in two places that I know of. You can go to the 960 The Patriot website. It'll show podcasts. I believe we're on number four in the list. Or you can go to yourcarinsiders.com and click on listen to the radio show. I can't look at it right now because there's an issue with the Internet. Uh, There's probably a bad cable somewhere, and I don't want to mess with the laptop that I have in front of me that Jeremy was kind enough to give me to use because I am dangerous when it comes to electronics. I always jokingly say for 25 years I had a VCR, and the time on the VCR was 0000. Since I do the show by myself, it's kind of hard to have a conversation with someone. So what I do is I do research online on MSN. I go to autos, I go to research, and I look for articles that pertain to the automotive industry. A lot of the articles right now are pertaining to who's coming out with this in electric, who's coming out with that in electric, how much is Tesla raising the price, how long is it going to take to get a car, when's the microchip problem going to be over, uh, when a dealership's going to have inventory again, when a used car price is going to come back to normal, if ever. But one of the articles I found, and it said, take a look, knowledge is power, and all you need and you need all of that and more when sitting across from the general sales manager of a blah, blah, blah dealership. So let's take a look at what Forbes hath wrought. Cars are a lot better than even 10 years ago, but there still can be some sort of semi-lemons in this year's crop. The issues can range from dated designs to plunging resale values. Reliability can still be an issue while wonking or data technology, wonky or data technology factors into the criteria. The only time I ever saw wonky was in, well, closest was Willy Wonka. So taking a look at the cars that they recommended staying away from, and some of these cars are actually going to be discontinued. So the first car on their list at number 32 was the Acura RLX. It lags behind in performance, accommodations, and brand cachet. The higher price also factors in a negative rating. Here's the one thing I will tell you that I think has hurt Acura through the years. They never offered their luxury big sedan with a V8. Next car on the list is the Cadillac ATS. After that is a car that's already discontinued was the Chrysler 200. I don't believe in number 29. 
Scoring below average in JDR's powers, JD Power's criteria for initial quality, dependability, design performance, while handily fulfilling customers' needs was the Chevy Suburban. Number 28 was the Dodge Journey. Number 27 was the Ford Fiesta. Uh, Number 26 was the Ford Focus. Number 25 was the Dodge Dart. The Infiniti Q50. Okay, now what makes me laugh about this article was if you're going to write an article about a car, spell Infiniti right. Okay, the last time I looked, Infiniti on the car, it's I-N-F-I-N-I-T-I, not with a Y. Uh, they don't have great resale. It's a wonderful car to lease. I've owned two Infinities, great cars. Jeep Cherokee. While disliking the Jeep's four-cylinder engine and nine-speed automatic transmission, they like the V6 and the infotainment system. I've talked to people about buying Jeep Cherokees, and one of the things that I've always talked about was needs to have the V6, not the four-cylinder. Number 22 on the list, engine noise, acceleration, comfort, rear visibility, uh, maintaining only 32% of its value after only three years was the Jeep Compass. Third in a row, 21, is a Jeep Patriot. Number 20. Now, they've done a great job. I don't know if you've seen the redesign of the new Nissan Pathfinder, but they're not listing in number 20 in number twenty for the 2021s is the Nissan Pathfinder. Number 19, the BMW 7 Series. Number 18, Cadillac XTS. Number 17 was the Fiat 500. I've helped people buy these. I don't. And this cracks me up. If you're buying a Jeep Wrangler, you're not necessarily worried about comfort, the ride, and noise. I've helped everybody that I've ever helped buy a Jeep Wrangler. Nobody has ever said to me, well, it's a little too noisy for me. It rattles a little too much. And that new JL... It's it's a really, 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 really nice ride, more so than the Wrangler. Recently, I've helped quite a few, and it's gals, buy these Jeep Gladiators. They want the pickup truck vehicle without the full-size pickup truck size. Lincoln MKS, number 15. Number 14 was the MKT. Uh, I don't know what an IMIEV Mitsubishi is, Uh it received one of Con- Consumer Reports lowest performance scores. Uh, it, it's I guess it's their electric vehicle. Obviously, it's an EV. Number twelve was a Mitsubishi Mirage. Uh, I've had one of these. I thought it was a great vehicle. Uh, they've redesigned it again. The Nissan Armada. Number ten was the Nissan Titan. Number nine was the Scion IQ. Number eight was. The Smart for Two, one of the cars that I think is one of the sexiest looking cars on the road but gets annihilated all the time in anything that talks about consumers is the Maserati Ghibli. Uh-oh. I hit I hit a button. I got I to gotta get out of where I just hit. Told you I'm dangerous. Number six, they talked about previous version 
in the JL, the Jeep. They talk about the Jeep Wrangler JK number six. Ford Taurus number five. Fiat 500X. Fiat 500 was number three. The Dodge Caravan was number two. And Acura has the distinction of being bookends for the top 32 list. This is not a top list that you want to be on. Not standing out at all in its segments, it's a shiny example of why sedans are being shunned for crossovers and SUVs. The Acura ILX. Now, of that list of cars, I have helped a couple of people buy Dodge Journeys. They love them. And I, and I shouldn't say that. I have a friend of mine that I helped buy a Dodge Journey because he needed a third row seat and didn't want to buy a Suburban. And they had huge rebates, so he was able to bury a lot of his negative equity. The car is still running. His daughter has it. And I want to say it has 180,000 miles on it. You know, the most important thing, and my wife says it to me all the time, how is that car still running? Well, who knows if the engine's been replaced? Who knows if the transmission's been replaced? Who knows if the this has been done, if that's been done? And I always tell my wife this. History is very important on a used car. If you're going to buy a 120,000-mile car, I'm hoping it's from somebody that you know. Because just because a dealership services a 120,000-mile car doesn't necessarily mean they fix everything that's wrong with the car before they put it out online. Online and on the lot. They do what's called a smog and a safety. And you get a five-year, five-year, wish it was five-year, 500-mile, 15-day implied warranty on the vehicle. That doesn't mean if the air conditioning goes out five days after you own the car, they're going to fix that. Now, I had helped a gentleman that bought a car, and I don't like doing these. Uh, but he had the car previously. He was replacing the car that was totaled, and he was okay with buying this car. And lo and behold, a couple of days after he has the car, the air conditioning's not blowing cold. I made a phone call. I reached out to the general sales manager of the dealership. They didn't fix the car for him, but they did work with him as to what the repair cost would have been. And it was substantially less what he would have paid if he would have bought the car someplace else, someplace I didn't know anybody, and he had done it on his own. But the reason I'm bringing this up is an article that I found on Roadshow. And all these articles are found on the MSN research part of autos. And it's used car buyers turn to even older vehicles to save a buck amid rising prices. So I've talked to people that have great credit or good credit, and they're buying cars that are four or five years old, and they are financing these cars for 60 months. 72 months. I had somebody call me that said, well, my credit union said on a 2017, I can finance the car for 84 months. That means if you buy that car and you intend on keeping it, you're going to have a car that you're going to make payments on that's more than 10 years old. Okay. A couple of things to remember when you're looking at older used cars. What kind of financing can you arrange? 
Is there a warranty that's available on the vehicle? And I will assure you of this. If you buy a car that's two years, 11 months old with 35,000 miles on it, it's probably better coverage than the car warranty you could purchase if that car was three years, one month old, out of factory warranty. Usually the best warranties you can buy are for cars that are still under factory warranty. The one thing I will warn you is when you get that phone call that I got this morning on my way driving here, this is your last courtesy phone call to let you know your car warranty is expiring. And I don't answer the calls, but what cracks me up is when you call that number back, it no one answers. You get disconnected. Why would you do business with anybody that calls you from a number that you cannot reach back out to? Uh, my name's Gary, Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, Your Car Insider, on Saturday morning. Easiest way to reach me, it's area code 602-525-1370. The most prestigious and coveted honor that American Honda Motor Company awards dealerships is the President's Award. The award recognizes the dealership teams who demonstrate superior achievement and customer satisfaction, new car unit sales value, and business management. Earnhardt Honda is proud to have received this prestigious award many times, and they want to show you why they're the top-selling Honda dealer in the Central and West Phoenix Valley regions. Earnhardt Honda's mission is to provide their customers with world-class service in every phase of the sales and service experience. 100% customer satisfaction is General Manager Joey Staples' goal. The staff at Earnhardt Honda participate in continuous training programs to improve industry and product knowledge and new ways to continue to provide top-notch customer service. Joey realizes that customers have a choice. And when customers like you choose Earnhardt Honda, you have put your implicit trust in them. Joey appreciates and is honored to have your trust. You can reach him at his desk by calling 623-463-4308 or visit him at Earnhardt Honda, located in Avondale or online at EarnhardtHonda.com. Monta Vista Cleaners has the latest state-of-the-art equipment and uses only the best cleaning supplies available. Family-owned and operated since 2001. They offer fast, same-day service until 9 a.m. every day on dry-cleaned items and next-day service on all other items. They are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. So stop by any of our three locations, 210 North 59th Avenue, Suite 111 in Glendale, or 8345 West Thunderbird, Suite 104 in Peoria, or 777 East Thunderbird Road, number 105 in Moon. Valley. Welcome back to Your Car Insider on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green, and you can reach me at 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen, located at 8801 West Bell Road in Peoria, Arizona. You know, before the break, the segment, we were talking about what's going on in the used car market. So used car buyers are turning to even older vehicles to save a buck. In yet another sign, the new car market remains in an absurd state. New data from LendingTree released Monday showed car buyers are going to new lengths to nab a set of wheels. Not only are buyers financing larger loan amounts for used vehicles, they're ending up in older cars compared to the past years. According to the data, the average age of a used vehicle purchased uh, in 2020 was around 5.8 years. Year over year in 2021, the average jumped to seven years flat. The average amount of these vehicles has gone up by about $5,176. Uh, 
last year, those shopping financing for a two-year-old car were looking at $18,298 loan. Today, they're looking to borrow $23,475, 28% more. It's a two-pronged story. As the semiconductor ch- shortage chip shortage continues to hit automakers hard, used cars become more attractive to all companies. GM Financial, for example, won't let lessees sell their lease to a rival company any longer. Why? They want that car back so a GM dealer can sell it themselves while new car inventories remain low. This makes used cars far more valuable to those selling them. Here's what you have to remember. General Motors is not the only one that is doing this. Uh, There are many manufacturers that in order to return your lease, it needs to either be purchased through the manufacturer of that car or it needs to be turned back in as a lease return. At the same time, the shoppers hope to land a better deal with the used car since depreciation hits new cars hard. Well, think about what he just said. The depreciation isn't hitting the new cars that hard right now because used car values have never been higher. However, with used car values increasing, the deals are few and far between. It explains inquiries for much older vehicles with far cheaper prices. Many automakers were hopeful in the second half of the year would bring a reprieve to the chip shortage, but so far it doesn't appear that way. The same advice still stands. It's not the best time to buy a car, but if you need one, shopping around for the best deal can literally pay off. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's not necessarily shopping around for the best deal. It's shopping around for the car that you want to buy. Now, I've helped plenty of people buy new cars since this has been going on, and very few of them, I can't think of any of them, that bought a car that wasn't what they were looking for. I mentioned what I had gone through with my mother-in-law and father-in-law needing the beige interior and a Hyundai Santa Fe. Adam pulled a Santa Fe out of his hat that was white with beige interior. At the time, I think it was the only SEL that was white, beige interior, and all-wheel drive. So want to send out a very special thanks to Adam Breen and his team at Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale. You know, one of the other things that I like to do, and it's very, very important, if you're dealing with a salesperson and a car dealership and they've only been there for a week or a month, one of the most important things about buying a new car today is the delivery. The cars are so technologically advanced. I will... Never forget the look on the guy's face. We had driven, James from Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale and I had driven out to a client's house to pick up two trade-ins. And we were dropping the car off. They were not comfortable driving to the dealership. So we went out, we did everything, and they turned around to the gentleman and said, hey, let me have your phone uh, so that I can hook your phone up to the car for some of the Hyundai Blue Link things. And the guy looked at him and jokingly said, you can hook that up to my house phone? This gentleman did not have a cell phone. So when you buy a new car, that's the first time I've helped somebody that did not have a cell phone. Do not get cheated. Do not get shorted. Do not get run off. It is... All about understanding how the car works. Now, 
my in-laws, and they take advantage. They've gone back to Max twice on Sundays. The, the, the church is not that far from the dealership. They go by for a little bit of a refresher, and they've read the owner's manuals. And one of the things that I tried to do was find a car that was not super techie. Uh, I wanted it to have safety features, but I didn't want it to have anything that was, you know, it, it, it's 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 not the the cars are t- so technologically advanced that they are intimidating to some people. So when you buy your car, spend some time learning uh, with the salesperson, or some of the dealerships actually have. Delivery coordinators, they call them geniuses. They know how everything works in the car. So at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable, reach out to the salesman at the dealership. Ask him. And I've had salespeople that actually will go back out to the client's house to do the refresher on the car. Don't call every day. If if you start having questions, Keep a pad in the in the car. Write your questions down because I promise you, if you've had the car for a day and you have a question, you're going to have another question the next time you drive the car. You don't want to keep calling him, and he doesn't want you to keep calling. But Max has been great about helping out my in-laws. They actually bring the car to him. He takes the time to show them. But don't get frustrated with the car. One of the worst things that I hear when someone's trading a car in, I didn't know my car could do that. Now, it was a funny story with my wife's car. She came home and got up the next morning. She made two cups of coffee, put them in the thermal cups, went out to the car, opened up the owner's manual, started the car, turned on the air conditioning, and started reading. My wife knows as much about her truck works as almost any salesperson in a dealership. Now, one thing her truck does that I don't particularly care for, it has the park assist. I have a hard time sitting in the car with my hands crossed, not holding the steering wheel, working the brake, and watching the car park itself. It's not an option I'm ever going to use in the truck. But it's important to understand how everything works in the car that you buy. And, you know, to try to find the cars that have roll-down windows and no-power door locks, there is one that I can think of, and it's the Jeep Gladiator or Jeep Wrangler in a base model or a Willys, because why have power windows if you're taking your doors off? Why have keyless entry if you're not going to have doors on the car? Very special thanks to Chad Sasan at Rodeo Kia in Avondale, Arizona. I want to thank Chad for all his help that he shared uh, with helping my clients buy a car. I, I really enjoy doing business there. He gets out of his office. We, we conduct our business in the general manager's office. It's no back and forth. We print an invoice. We go over the numbers. If you want to buy a car, great. If you don't want to buy a car, we get out of there. Once again, my name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show. You can reach me at 602-525. And really quick, a brief rehash. Very special thanks to Joey Staples, Adam Breen, Chad Sasan at the Honda Store, Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale, and Rodeo Kia in Avondale.
Bonta Vista Cleaners has the latest state-of-the-art equipment and uses only the best cleaning supplies available. Family-owned and operated since 2001. They offer fast, same-day service until 9 a.m. every day on dry-cleaned items and next-day service on all other items. They are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. So stop by any of our three locations, 210 North 59th Avenue, Suite 111 in Glendale, or 8345 West Thunderbird, Suite 104 in Peoria, or 777 East Thunderbird Road, number 105 in Moon Valley. Welcome back to Your Car Insider on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green, and the easiest way to reach me, it's area code 602-525-1370. If you call, it is very important that you do leave a message. Uh, as I mentioned earlier about those phone calls from the warranty companies, the phone calls from the windshield company, the phone call from the solar, the, the phone call for health insurance. I don't answer the phone, unfortunately, if I don't recognize the number. Uh, 602-525-1370. That's my number. It's the easiest way to reach me. You know, and, and I'm going to share something because it was a little disturbing to me. You know, we all have lives and we all, for the most part, work to earn a living. And I got a, I get text messages from clients. And if I don't know your phone number, it's going to show up just with your phone number, not with your name. So recently, and I do, I have a couple of friends that'll send me texts at six in the morning because they know I'm awake. You know, have a great day. Hey, when you have a minute, give me a buzz. Hey, you available for lunch today, whatever it is. So the other day I got up in the morning and I noticed that there was a text on my phone. And the text was at 12.18 a.m. the night before. Now, I don't necessarily care because now that my mom's gone, which is over four years now, I don't have my ringer on on my phone at night. For the most part, I don't have my ringer on during the day. I do not answer my phone if I'm with somebody because I think whoever you're with is the most important person at that time. So if my phone goes off and I look down and it doesn't say, my honey... Buddy Boy or Meredith, I don't answer the phone. My honey is my wife, obviously, and her name is Delane, so it's easier for my voice-activated car uh, Bluetooth to do dial my honey than Delane. My son is Buddy Boy because his name is Sean, and I have a couple of friends that are Sean's, so I have Buddy Boy. I don't know any other Meredith other than the gal I met at the dealership this week than my daughter. So I get this text and I read it at six in the morning. I've been receiving numerous phone calls from this dealership. My lease is over in February. What's the next step? And what I really wanted to say ask was, does the dealership reach out to you at 12 o'clock in the morning? I was, to me, sometimes that tells me that that person feels that no matter whatever else is going on, nothing matters other than the information they need. I'm not the guy to help that person. Now, I don't know if I help the person get the lease because I don't, 
I can't remember the last time I ever helped anybody lease a car from that dealership, but that's not to say I didn't because that would have been three years ago coming up this February. But I just wasn't interested in reaching back out. If you reach out to me and something like that is, in my opinion, it's almost disrespectful sending somebody a text in regards to business at 1215 in the morning. I'm going to leave that alone. We're going to go back to this used car issue with the chip shortage. So one of the articles I found on Car and Driver dated 8-16-2021 was how to buy a used car. When buying a, a new vehicle is too exp- when buying a new vehicle is too expensive or the process prospect of significant depreciation is too much to stomach. Well, right now with what's going on, the depreciation isn't there. The vast used car market is the best place to turn. Not necessarily so because used car prices are through the roof. Through the roof. Just because a pre-owned car, truck, or SUV isn't brand spanking new doesn't mean it's without its own set of advantages. They're almost always more affordable. Some come with a warranty, and many allow shoppers to get exactly what they want. I have helped clients buy brand new cars for less money than some of these used car markets are trying to sell the used ones for. Research is an important part of any vehicle purchase. Buying used, whether from a dealership or private party, requires investigation, extra investigation, to ensure your prospective purchase is reliable. We've assembled a list of questions that will inevitably rise along the way. First one is, is a used car right for you? Okay. It's right for some people. It's not right for everyone. Uh, Number two, is certified pre-owned real or a ripoff? Not all manufacturers have the same CPO warranty. You want to find out what that CPO warranty is on the manufacturer that you're looking at. Remember this, though. You can't buy a used BMW from a Mercedes dealership and have them certify it. You can only buy certified cars through the manufacturer. There are plenty of dealers that are mom-and-pop stores that call themselves certified pre-owned cars. Not the real deal. Welcome to Rodeo Ford, located in Goodyear, Arizona at 13680 West Test Drive. Rodeo Ford is proud to be one of the premier dealerships in the area. From the moment you walk in their showroom, you'll know their commitment to customer service is second to none. They strive to make your experience with Rodeo Ford a good one for the life of your vehicle. Whether you need to purchase, finance, or service a newer pre-owned Ford, you've come to the right place. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Welcome back to Your Car Insider on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. You can always reach me easiest way at 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to David Garcia and Alex Medina at Rodeo Ford. As I've mentioned in the past, 
wonderful guys to deal with. They do whatever they can to help my clients in the purchase of a new or pre-owned vehicle at the dealership, and it's Rodeo Ford in Goodyear, Arizona. Where is it best to buy a used car? With the proliferation of used car shopping sites or varying quality and credibility, mind you, there are more ways than ever to buy a pre-owned vehicle. Traditionalists can always stroll into a dealership and make a purchase face-to-face if that's what they prefer. Simply put, choosing the best place to buy a used car comes down to personal preferences, and that often includes the advantages and disadvantages to both buying online or in person. Remember, most of these online sites, what's nice about them is the price that's online is the price that you pay. Many, many, many dealerships advertise on websites such as cars.com, cars gurus, car gurus, uh, auto trader that you have to read the disclaimer to understand what's not included in that price that's advertised online. Shoppers looking to buy certified pre-owned vehicles can visit the local dealership or the dealership's website. Online-only used car retails let you shop from the comfort of your home while still enjoying the benefits of their financing and trade-in offers. Less risk-averse shoppers can pursue websites such as Craigslist for a used vehicle of their liking, but this route usually requires the most research. Once the decision to buy a used vehicle is made, your attention should turn, turn to choosing the right one. Most importantly, the list of candidates and final choice should be determined based on your budget. After finding a comfortably affordable price range, the search can begin by identifying the type of vehicle or focusing on specific makes and models. The risks associated with buying a used vehicle can scare people off, and buyers with bad credit or past financial troubles can be taken advantage of. However, by Avoiding predatory buy here, pay here dealers, as well as understanding and preparing for the work that's involved with buying a pre-owned vehicle, the experience can be a positive one with the varying levels of risk. I've purchased used vehicles over the years. Uh, I've purchased a, a used BMW at a BMW dealership as a certified BMW and I bought it specifically from a BMW dealership because I wanted the warranty and I wanted the prepaid maintenance. I purchased a used Lexus at a car dealership, Lexus dealership. I purchased a used Nissan at a Nissan dealership. As you can see, when I buy a used car, I try to buy that used car from the brand that the car is from that manufacturer. Selling your own car versus or trading it in versus selling it yourself. While some people are searching the used car market for their first vehicles, many are also are also shopping for a placement or an upgrade from their current wheels. Depending on the condition and value of the vehicle, dealers will allow shoppers to trade it in and apply the credit to the next vehicle purchase. This method is often easier than selling it yourself, but it's not uncommon for used cars to sell privately for more money than they'll earn as a trade-in. It just depends on how much work the seller is willing to put up to maximize the vehicle's desirability and worth. I will tell you what I tell everyone. When you go to a car dealership and you have a trade, you're not obligated to trade your car. They will give you a number on your trade. And if the number is relatively close to what you were hoping for, remember that you do not pay sales tax on that amount. 
So in other words, if you go to a car dealership and you buy a $30,000 used vehicle, trade in a $10,000 used vehicle, you now pay sales tax on a $10,000 difference. If you go to a car dealership, buy a $30,000, make sure I got it right. If you buy a $30,000 car and you have a $10,000 trade, you pay tax on twenty grand. If you buy a $30,000 car and you put 10000 10,000 down, you pay tax on 30,000. The cash down does not alleviate any of the sales tax. The tax credit is based from your trade-in. So what you want to always consider is what the dealership is willing to give you for your trade and is that trade-in with the tax savings make it an acceptable number. You know, I got a call from a really, really nice gentleman that wanted to buy a car. And You know, we talked on the phone, and I really just, if you want to buy a car, I'm willing to meet you at a dealership to see if we can make that make sense. I'm not really big on calling a car dealership, asking them what the price is, asking them what the trades are. I'm not going to get a real number on a trade because they want to see the car. Now, this gentleman had a truck, and trucks have very good resale right now. But his truck was a little bit older, six or seven years old, had close to 90,000 miles on it, and two moderate accidents on the Carfax. Based on the fact that it was not a high-trim level vehicle, was not a crew cab, and it was two-wheel drive, that doesn't necessarily mean that's not going to be a great truck to trade in to take advantage of what's going on in the used car market. Uh, if you have an 8,000 mile 2019, that's the top of the line trim level in that brand, that car's worth, as we say in the car business, all the money. Every car deal stands on its own. And when you get to a point and I ask you, if, if you'd like to do this, I'll be happy to meet you at the car dealership. And see if we can't figure this out. Now, if I think we're 9,000 miles away or $9,000 away, I'm not going to waste your time. I am not the salesman in the car dealership that is going to say, you know, I think we can do that. When can you be here? What's the best time? What's the best day? I don't set appointments that way. I tell people that my schedule is very flexible. Let me know when you'd like to go. I'll be happy to go. But the one thing I want to make sure is the person that we need to deal with is usually the general manager, the general sales manager, is at the dealership. I don't want to deal with the other guys. You know, I try to – I had lunch with a friend of mine, and he said to me, you know, so-and-so bought a car, and I just don't understand why he doesn't call you. You get him a, you got you get me great deals and you make it so simple. And I said some people enjoy going to buy a car. Some people enjoy the negotiating. And some people just don't want to pay 400 bucks for me to help them. The people that enjoy this, the people that don't want to pay, I don't care that they don't call and if my friend would have called, and the guy's a friend, if he'd have called, I'd have answered all the questions in the world that he would have had, knowing that he was not going to have me help him get the car. Here's one of the articles that I kind of got a, a chuckle out of that I found also on the MSN site through Roadshow. The destination charge is the worst new car fee. 
The price you see is not the price you pay when shopping for a new car, unfortunately. Once you agree to the MSRP or perhaps haggle yourself into a lower price, that's the dreaded destination charge. These days, these typical fees can add at least $1,000 to the price of a shiny new car. So what gives? Understand something. When you look at an MSRP, on the bottom, it says total MSRP. That includes any discounts from the manufacturer for certain options, and it will include whatever the destination charge. It doesn't say total MSRP and plus the destination charge below. Understand something. The dealership pays the destination charge. It's not the dealership charging you. It's the manufacturer charging you. Consumer Reports recently examined the rise of destination fees and found they have climbed from an average of $839 in 2011 to $1,244 in 2020, a massive 48 increase, 48% increase in less than a decade. Over the same period, the price of an average new car has risen just 27%. I joined Consumer Reports in calling for destination fees to be part of an MSRP and not a footnote to it. It is part of the MSRP. It's part of the total MSRP. In it's above the top number. So when I look at this is what's a lot of dealerships will advertise cars. Okay. And this is one that I don't like that they'll advertise a car that says MSRP, but they're not really sharing you what the real MSRP is. They're sharing the MSRP before the destination. Even Even if integrated in the MSRP, another issue would linger. The distance to a buyer's destination. Okay, you are not going to negotiate the destination fee. And anybody who thinks they did, it does not come off the MSRP. It would be something that the dealership would absorb in the price they were selling you the car for. You are not beating up car dealerships and having them negotiate Dock fees, you're not going to have someone negotiate what the destination charges. And destination fees are likely a nice, nice, nice profit center for car manufacturers. But I can't say that definitely because there's little transparency about what goes into them or why they differ radically between makes and models. But I do believe shipping and dealer prep are an essential part of bringing a car to market as conducting crash tests as should be folded into MSRP the same way. Okay, I will always remember a gentleman that came into the dealership when I was the new car sales director at Lou Grubb Chevrolet. And the gentleman came in and we, the salesman came over to me and said, hey, I need you to come out and talk to this customer because I, I can't deal with this guy. I said, okay, John, I'll, I'll go out and talk to him. And John was one of the guys that very rarely came for help because John's been doing this forever. But I appreciated the fact that he wasn't asking the gentleman to leave. So I went out and I I talked to him and I could tell he was a little standoffish. And he started with, I went to the, I called the Arizona Deals Association and they told me that they, you can sell me a car on an MSO, which is the Manufacturer's Certificate of Origin. I can do that if you have a dealer's license. Well, they told me, I said, well, let's stop with the what they told you, and I'm telling you what I can do. 
Okay, I cannot sell you a car on an MSO or a title only if you do not have a dealer's license. So I, and we were having a nice conversation, and I said to him, let me ask you a question. What is your aversion to having the dealership register the car? You guys are going to rip me off. I said, well, do me one favor. Until I do something to offend you, please don't use the term you guys. Because I'm not one of those guys. I'm here to try to help you buy a car from this dealership that I work at. What is it you think we're going to rip you off on? Well, you're going to overcharge me for my license plates. Sir, it's not possible to overcharge you. Now, it is possible to overcharge you. However, you can't keep the money. But you have to make sure that you know what your license plates were, how much you paid, and I can't tell you how many times my clients get checks in the mail because they were overcharged $8, they were overcharged this much, they were overcharged that much, they overcharged this much. The dealership cannot keep that money, but you have to make sure, and the way you make sure that is you look at your buyer's order from when you bought the car and you verify it with the registration that you got in the mail. So we continued to talk, and I finally went to the general manager of the dealership and told him what was going on. And he basically said, Gary, do what you want. If you don't want to sell the guy a car and you don't want to work with him, I don't blame you. So I went out and I explained to the gentleman, sir, this is what I'll do. I will write down what you paid for your license plates. You will confirm that number when your plates show up. And if there's anything different, I will personally give you the money back that day. I will not make you wait for a check. When he told me that he, that was not good enough, I explained that we're at Lou Grubb Chevrolet at 27th Avenue and Camelback. On 21st Avenue and Bell Road, there's Midway. On Mary De, Mary, uh, Maryland and Grand Avenue, you have Sand Chevrolet. And at 12th Street and Camelback, you have Courtesy Chevrolet. And he looked at me and said, are you telling me that you're not going to sell me a car? And I said, sir, for the first time today, you and I are on the same page. Thank everybody for listening to the show. Have a great week, and I will be back next Saturday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.